0: Welcome to another episode of the Momos and the Oppas, a podcast discussing the Avatar Universe's folklore episode by episode. We are your hosts, Eric Lefebvre,
1: Dr. Amber Jones,
2: and Jessica Dracero.
0: We're continuing
1: our journey through Avatar The Last Airbender. We're in book Two, earth. As we've said before, things are blossoming, things are changing, and we've made it to chapter nine, Bitter
2: Work. In this chapter, both Aang and Zuko challenge themselves on fundamental levels in the unique experience of human growth. And Sokka falls in a hole. Hell so yeah.
0: to lead us into this, we were just off pod having this gorgeous conversation about like the human experience and about like our, our the ability to like grow and change and the beauty of like creation. And this is like the perfect episode for that. And I honestly really- I feel like what got me into that mode is just watching the episode. I mean like yeah (laughs) yeah people
1: i'm oh so many thoughts so many thoughts but i want to like read back the notes that i had from our conversation before um is this that like we're kind of talking about like what a gift it is that an idea can create so much meaning for us and we live so much different lives just like because of this idea. And it made me think of what I really love about this podcast is just that like, we all like took these ideas, these images, these words and it has created so much love in us that it's drawn us to create this space. It's inspired other things like shout out to
0: Tea Cozy yeah oh we are
1: God. so so excited i can't, can't wait wait um to get our tea collections um yeah um i was going to say that as i was like watching this um because uh zuko and um uncle are drinking tea in it i'm just like ooh. I wonder what this mix is going to be. And I, kept, and I actually found myself rewinding it over and over again. I'm like, oh, did I miss it? Did he say what kind of tea it was? Um, so, anyway, I I'm wonder if it's
2: going to be a bad really one because Zuko it. makes bad tea. And I think that that yeah. would be even just, even yeah, and because think, it's also the title is Bitter Work, right? So, like, yeah. I'm excited. I
1: think I remember there was some hint that, like, some of the mixes aren't gonna be like you know flowery nice right mixes and <laughs> I keep thinking I was like this episode would definitely be one that forced a little bitterness yeah and sometimes all of us need a little bitterness in order to again taste sweetness
0: well it like it goes into the conversation that Uncle Iro has talking with Zuko about like the connectedness of sort of all things and how we all have the capacity for everything. Like he's teaching him how to create or, or lightning bend. He's teaching him how to redirect the energy and turn it into lightning. Mm -hmm. And when he's teaching him this, he's kind of going into the idea that like, you have to be able to know how to water bend, how to like earth, like to some degree you need to conceptualize and understand and use elements from these different teachings and he's like but we're fire nation what are you talking about like yeah why would we need that and he's like because if you all you know how to do is this yeah that's great but like it is so singularly simple and it is not reaching its full potential because it's not being uh sort of it's not being. Um, what's the It's word? not
2: balanced, right? Like yeah. because each yeah. uh, yes. each element and you know uh, each nation by extension is um really good at one thing right but they also have this incredible weakness right where like fire wants like you know has greed and desire and the drive to do it but they're literally going to destroy everything in the process right then what is what is left once you know they've achieved that like um like water is the element of change and they can adapt all of the time like I, i really loved that breakdown um and um i also really liked when um when iro told cuz we're talking about connection right and how everybody and everything is connected and you put something, an idea out into the world and somebody hears that gravitates towards it. And that can change their life in these like incredibly profound ways. And also in these like incredibly harmful, profound ways, right? Like, so it's not just positivity, it's also negativity and stuff, right? So, um, Iroh is challenging Zuko on this idea of shame and how, um he he says that he has to let go of it in order to deal with his anger and Zuko's like yeah I don't have that I'm so like I I have so much pride I'm so good I'm so confident in me and he's like no 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 that's pride is the source of shame like the only way to like get past that is uh humility humility is the antidote right like and that's where that neutral jing comes in right I and I was so obsessed."
0: the way that this is a kid's show i can't handle pride does not pride is not the opposite of shame but its source
1: damn
0: get out of here
1: yeah this episode is a plus on wisdom for anyone listening if you haven't gone back and like watched it again because you're like oh i don't really want to go back no take some time with this episode like not only that perfect perfect gem that i want to like sing from the rooftops that like the gift humility gives us but <laughs> also just um like you had mentioned before iro um talking about your your knowledge your wisdom Uh, And it's one of those quotes that I always remember. He says that if you get your knowledge from just one perspective, it becomes stale. Mm -hmm. You have to look at it from all of these different perspectives. Like I have an advantage over these super powerful lightning benders that are crazy homicidal and our siblings because I have studied from all of these different perspectives, and it's just beautiful. You see Zuko trying over and over again, and he's so frustrated with himself, and you feel for him, but also it can't help but like bring up times in your life where you were kind of stuck in that same thing, where you're telling yourself like, what the fuck, like, I should be able to do this. I I did it how they told me to. Like, why is this not working? Why is this not working? Everything just, nothing ever works for me. And then you, like, start spiraling. And he's like, yeah, you're going <laughs> to need some time to let go of that shit.
2: This is yeah. definitely one episode where, like, I know that... Um you are famous amber for people coming to you and you're saying you say you need to watch this episode of avatar right <laughs> and i was like this is one of those pi- this one this oh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> just,
0: literally just on on the conversation of shame like what a toxic thing like it's such it's a very real thing it's yeah, a very like it's a
1: very up that shame in there and i'm yeah. like
0: yeah because like in in a real way like it is reactive it's a way to like help you learn to help you feel and to help you grow yeah. but ultimately because of the way that like it is so powerful it lingers and stays with you and kind of drips into everything you do if you don't recognize it and it w- it is like such a destroyer of like growth and of like joy creation like it'll hinder you from everything and it ties so well into like your ego and your pride and like again going back into this whole idea it's like That sort of, that, that, like, almost, like, bombastic, big, like, like, I'm, but this is just me. It's, like, that is, that it literally just stems from the insecurity and the shame of everything, of, like, your past mistakes, of, like, everything that you're going through. And it it is such a hindrance to, to growth, right? Like, I just, like, the last, I can't, I, like, the last, like, two or three years, Something that I've worked so hard on in particular is the shame that I have attached when it comes to sex and mm. like being sex positive and being sexual in general. Mm-hmm. There is always that little glimmer of like, I'm bad for this and this is a bad thing and I shouldn't be doing something, mm. right? What a gross little nasty nothing. Like it. it is so irrelevant to the human experience. It's so irrelevant to these moments of like, No, I, like, I don't know. I've just, I've, it's just, I've been working so hard on it. So, like, hearing it in this episode was such a, it was so affirming. Mm Because it did, it was just, like, yeah, that is, like, that that is is so true. And it's so elementary. Shame is such an elementary thing that, like, yes, you can feel it. Yes, it's there. But you have to recognize it in order to get past it. Or in order to just feel it. Because, like, i don't think it's something that you'll get rid of completely but i think it's something that when it shows up it's so much more easy to recognize when you can be like this isn't a reaction that's based in me this is a reaction that's based in my shame Mm -hmm. yeah and you know
2: i think it's also really interesting that in this discussion with shame and this like real lesson on that and balance and acceptance and um humility we start with the, the episode starts off with this really sweet moment with Iroh and his son, you know, and then immediately I he wakes up. Let's
1: talk about it.
2: Let's talk about it. <laughs>
1: um, so it's a dream. Um, but I notice like the scenery. Is this not also the hill that Iroh has uh lunch on in the <laughs> Tales of Bossing Se, which I is only a is. few episodes away. Yeah. Okay.
2: Um,
1: and so that tells me a few things. Um, because when he has like lunch on the hill, like you can't see a grave or like that monument he had set for him. Um, and that kind of I don't know, it makes sense, like, if it's in, like, the Earth Kingdom, <laughs> it's, like, literally in Ba Sing Se, um, they might desecrate, like, a grave of an invading soldier, um, but there's, like, nothing there, but there clearly is in, like, his memory. Um, also, notice that he says, my beloved lieutenant, I will see you again now that we know where iro ends up i'm like
2: yeah did he did he i
0: mean yeah like i because is he the only technically the only spirit who we see in human form who lives in the spirit world
1: um uh, i, uh, we I see sp- Eng. yeah we see Zhao
0: okay like yeah yeah, yeah. so because i was gonna say i like maybe he did because what Because spirits manifest themselves, at least in the show, as like different sort of creatures and different amalgams, but we also see spirits as humanoid folk.
2: I think we don't see, we mostly just see avatar the avatars in the spirit world, right? Because it's incredibly difficult to get in the spirit world unless you're taken in by a spirit as a snack or something, let's say. Um, which <laughs> does happen in the Kiyoshi books, but um, um but, but to Iro survive, able to... to survive and thrive, and to also yeah. like be accepted by so many spirits, which are generally like hostile, or if not hostile, just very cautious around humans, to just have mm-hmm. like that un- unwitting trust, just like oh, yeah, it's Iroh, cool, tea party, and
0: he- and yes. here is something that is so interesting to discuss is his closeness to what would be considered Nirvana. Right? Like, yeah, I feel like Iroh is so connected and so fluid in his connection with all things, whether it's a nation, whether it's intuition, whether it's with, with patience or shame or kindness or empathy. Like he is so connected to all of these things Mm -hmm. in a way that is so organic to his spirit that I'm wondering if that, like, the reason he exists there, and the reason he's like, oh yeah, this is just my home with these spirits, is like, is that the apex of like spiritual enlightenment? Like, has he reached nirvana you know what, to some degree? You
2: know what's like also really interesting is I feel like any other time I've seen like that like nirvana like like um, state or like you're you're always trying to like get away from like your earthly feelings or like any of that like every other time i feel like the more you you achieve like you know enlightenment or nirvana like the more detached you are from your feelings and your emotions and and everything right like there's adventure time right when jake ascends right there's um you know uh there there's like a million different well, depictions man. But like we'll we'll go with that one, um, where he's mm-hmm. just kind of like, oh Jay, like oh Finn, whatever. Like I'm I'm good, I'm good up here. Don't worry about me, right? I'm universe now, and I'm everywhere. Yeah. they're I'm unable to like feel emotion or to understand the gravity mm-hmm. of what's happening or like empathize with anybody. Mm-hmm. So oh, like these depictions of nirvana often mean that kind of like human detachment, and in mm-hmm. Iroh's case. It's just, like, it's the complete opposite. It's he's able to be there and be present with literally every person that comes in front of him, right? Mm. And to understand the words of what people are saying and to feel that and to, you know, like, share their feelings and, you know, and, like, have like just such deep empathy for people. Yeah. So, I think that's one of the other things that I didn't realize until now, but I really like this depiction of this mm. idea that we're talking about or if this is nirvana for him or if he is worthy to, you know, live the like for eternity in the spirit world, it's because mm-hmm. of that deep empathy and understanding and like the neutral jing doesn't mean you don't have feelings and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. that Yeah, like, I don't know. I just really like this whole picture that we're painting. I just
1: love the story of the spiritual being, Iroh, honestly. Yeah. Like, just in this whole conversation about shame, and he says, like, humility is like the only antidote, it's the only thing you can do. Uh, And think back to, like, his interactions with people who are always trying to shame him his response is always humility. Like when he's captured by those um, Earth Kingdom soldiers and they're like, oh, you know, he was once a great general, but then he gave up and Bossing say wouldn't uh, give in to him. And he was like, yeah, it's true. I failed.
2: Yeah. It's, I it's, was tired.
1: My men were tired. And like what- We wanted what, to go home.
0: That's one of the- and- it's like such a good okay i learned so much from this because it is literally what and like in real life in those moments like yeah you were well you did this it's like yeah i it was a bad time and i was i did i did something that i don't necessarily agree with now and mm. it just it is like we all do things and like we all feel certain ways but i'm not that person anymore like yeah how easy it is to like come into your own and and like rid yourself of the shame of that and recognize mm. that like Yes, it's bad, or yes, it's 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 seen as like a smaller or, or negative thing. But like, at the end of the day, it happened, and what you can take from that is, yeah, it happened, and it was exactly as you said. Let's move on. Brings
1: up the question: Does he deserve it? Because after all, our motto is: I'm Ira war criminal. criminal. Yes.
0: Mm-hmm. I, th- I honestly. I would say yes. Um, but I think, obviously, I'm being influenced because of my lack of information in regarding to that part of his life. We only yeah. get glimpses. So for me, I've only seen these moments of growth. I've been told that he's a monster, or that was, he was a monster, and that he's done monstrous things. Um, so my 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 answer of yes is because I don't really know the severity of them. But even with all of that being said, he's confronted hell. He has been the sort of incarnate of that kind of monstrosity. And it was like the tipping point for him to change and to learn that like we are capable of bad things, but we're also capable of incredibly enriching things.
2: And... I do think that the way that, you know, as we were talking about, like, an idea can fundamentally change your entire existence, right? Like, Iro is a perfect character. for He goes from being, like, the biggest, baddest war general to the softest, sweetest grandpa man with, like, you know, with his uncle or with his, his nephew, right? Um, yeah. But everything that we see, again, like, we're, you know, yes, he has is a war criminal but everything that we see from him is trying to influence the world for the better whether it is you know this one person that's in front of him mm-hmm. that you know wants him to dance for coins you know or yeah this you know um this little girl this little blind girl that he meets you know and he just sits there mm-hmm. and prepares tea listens to her and says okay great they pass on wisdom he still learns wisdom from her and then go yeah. on his way but like he never wishes harm on anybody and he never like I don't know he he does everything he can to empower the next generation to like without him being who he is and having that revelation like the world would uh would undoubtedly um be controlled by the fire nation and Aang would have died and you know like so yeah I'm I'm conflicted in saying that but I do think that you know this one man's choice you know this one man's um, epiphany and recognition and willingness to change is you know we say katara saved the world but i really do think that talking about this iroh's decision and just radical choice to turn his back on you know everything that made everything in his life is what also enabled enabled them to be able enabled katara to be able to save the world right
0: And like that doesn't negate his choices, and that doesn't negate negate like his action. Like say and for instance, in he this, never denies it, it,
2: right? He's always exactly. like, "Yes, I did this," and I.
0: Exactly, yeah. and in this world, say for instance, we came across a, a narrative arc where he's put on trial for war crimes. Like, I think Iroh, as this person would be like, "Yes, yeah, I like, think so too. I deserve this because my actions were mine." Yeah. I made those choices despite who I am now, despite what has happened. Those choices were mine and I did do the things that I'm convicted of. But he would still hold the same sort of love and joy and growth despite all that. And I do think that like if he were like if that would happen, he wouldn't be like, "Well, no, I'm different now," so I don't need to be like, "No, that was me." Like I carry within me all the levels and all these moments despite how much I've changed. That still was something that I, me myself, cognizantly chose to do.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. But it's, it,
0: yeah, it's just it's just hard because in the show, we are given the complete positive spin, sort of yeah. redacted history of him. Though and we're told its existence, we're not shown its severity. To
1: forgive him, he's Uncle Iroh. And, yeah, and so we've we've talked about this before. It's why we have our motto.
0: <laughs> yeah
1: that it's still important to think about um and i just you know we were talking about like the miracle of our imaginations like we can imagine a scenario in this world that would make sense like him going on trial um and who knows maybe he like surrendered his body in prison and kind of was just like well he's like
2: yeah you know you you don't know i don't but I don't think if he, I mean, and again, here's our imaginations at work. If he was <laughs> on trial for mm. war crimes, right, mm. I don't think, to me, that would be an escape if he was like, well, all right, I'm out, peace, like in prison, yeah. right? I feel yeah. like he would he would accept the f- his fate, whatever they had decided for him, and he would face that and do that with, you know, every breath that he had left would be you know in like i don't know but again like that's that radical change that you know we're we're talking about um but that's that's how i would see him doing if
1: we used like our own world as a model like what would he really be sentenced to probably house arrest like in his like beautiful (laughs) if that
0: yeah
2: a fine
0: (laughs) <laughs> fine literally They'll, oh my
1: god there's just fewer statues of him
0: <laughs> oh yeah god. i mean it depends on in this world we don't really talk about wealth too much in the avatar world it depends on which no. nation is the richest ultimately i think if he was in a rich nation it would be a week of house arrest if it were a poor nation it would be death or life in prison or something right like I don't know. I feel like oftentimes just the coinciding of severity for the way that the world views something is all surrounded by wealth. And, like, if you're rich, you get away with it. If you're poor,
2: you don't. Or if you, like, helped overthrow whatever, even though you did do absolutely bad things. I mean, we wouldn't have been able to do this. I could see the powers that be being, like, we're not going to try him because, you know. Yeah. So there wouldn't even be a trial if we're being honest and i don't think what an interesting
0: notion of like what if we put him on trial (laughs) Um, i just yeah we could write this fanfic maybe i mean we could hello avatar
2: studios let us write this hey
0: yeah
1: call us from a story some gritty shit (laughs) well
0: from a story perspective it's a really interesting thing to discuss because i mean again it's like it is arguably our biggest conundrum every episode of like we love this man. We love everything he has to say, but at the end of the day, he is a war criminal. He's a bad man. He's done, yeah, like unspeakably horrific things to innocent people. Yeah. So that that balance of badness and goodness, as we see it, is just like it's just it's it's rife for drama. It's like mm-hmm. so. It's it's so it's juicy. <laughs> it's, juicy. it's very juicy. Yeah.
1: Which um, is why we're here for okay. the juiciness.
2: Before we move on from Zuko and Iroh to talk about the other half of this episode, um, <laughs> I want to—the uh, last frame in this is Zuko like screaming at the at like the storm because he's trying to get lightning to hit him to prove that he can do this, and he's just like this. whole... Like this whole episode he's like everything is blown up in my face you know and he's just like pissed and he can't make uh, he can't make lightning um, so he tells Iroh to like okay ready shoot me I can do this and I was like I'm not gonna fucking shoot you like what I'm not gonna lightning you though. I hope you're able to no and so he ends up um, a storm bruise of course and Zuko rides off into it and goes to the tallest fucking mountain where he's sure that he's going to get um, lightning is gonna come for him and he's just screaming and crying into the storm and like it broke my heart it was so sad. Yeah. It was so good.
1: Yeah, Zuko screaming at a storm is one of my favorite Zukos. <laughs> <laughs> like cuz I was a dramatic teenager if you can believe it. And <laughs> I screamed at a few storms. <laughs> Um, and there's just like quite a few just like beautiful expressions of his frustration Um, and it you know it's so important to be able to see because it's like yeah that's how life is gonna feel like a lot little children
2: do we see him cry any other episode before this because I feel like this is the episode we first see him like um, actually cry and like let it out but it's okay because you know it's it's raining on his face so it's yeah. like you know even though he's alone manhood
1: intact
2: yes literally um, <laughs> but I don't know. it oh might
1: be God. the first episode There's we watch a him cry lightning bug in my house <gasps> It, like, literally just, like, flashed in my kitchen. And I'm like,
2: motherfucker. Redirect it. (laughs) Redirect it. When did that happen?
0: (laughs) It's a sign. Okay, you know what? Just on the the topic before we continue. On the topic of, like, not signs, but, like, seeing stuff. I said the word nirvana earlier Mm -hmm. just to describe... Um, like a a, a a level of peace, like a transcendent peace. Mm-hmm. Um, I do not know what it was, but like a few days ago, I thought about that word in like a meaningful way and like what that means and if that's like a goal or, or whatever, and I'm not kidding. I know that like the band is ubiquitous everywhere, but I was just traveling. I went to Minnesota over the weekend. And when I tell you, I saw that word like 20 times. <laughs> on like Nirvana. t-shirts and on merch and stuff and it was more so like yeah I see Nirvana t-shirts a lot but like mm. I don't know what th- why so many like maybe I was just aware of the word in a way because I was like thinking about it more and so it's sort of that like confirmation think... bias because mm-hmm. I was uh, it was already top of mind hmm, but
1: I'm not sure when I think <laughs> of Minnesota I think of like whiteness and I think that people white people in particular have a part like nirvana has this comfortableness for them now even though like that's not at all what the band was about or their politics or anything but i feel like it's like it's like a solid oh if i wear this nirvana shirt people know that i have yeah
0: it's like it's like wearing a misfits shirt or a metallica shirt or like Like it doesn't yeah yeah. it's like it's at this point been co-opted into a completely different meaning yeah yeah
1: like oh you like nirvana mm,
0: yeah exactly yeah <laughs> <laughs> but i just thought it, i it made me think of the word and i think the word is a such a beautiful word like it's just such an excellent way to describe something that is so good um yeah, anyways.
2: Oh my gosh. And then I, we had this episode about kind of Nirvana talking about Nirvana. It's a sign, Eric. Yeah. Like I know.
0: Wow. And it made well, me oh.
1: like I looked up the plot of Siddhartha again. I read it in high school, but I keep thinking I was like, was it, were there murders in Siddhartha and like he you know achieves enlightenment i know that there's like sex and intrigue and like betrayal but i don't know if there's murders i've been like trying to listen and like some through wikipedia
0: what is this thing siddhartha siddhartha
1: um it is a book about the buddha um and it's like
2: yeah in the
1: book the character knows the buddha but then he also becomes the buddha it's okay um,
0: well i mean speaking please, of similarly if people out
1: there know the real answers let me know
0: <laughs> i have been spending more time thinking about and reading about uh Taoist culture just in terms of like its existence and practice as like a almost like godless earth earthy like way of life like just a way of being present a way of being like taking things as they come all that stuff like it, it it is good because it is like it happened because it is like it just is things are and that's just ultimately the way it goes and being able to connect to that acceptance is like next to godliness you know it's just it's just really i don't know i just i just think it's so exciting and it feels so human and it feels so like It feels so palpably correct. Not saying that like this is whatever in the way that people like to do, but just in terms of like the way the the human experience is so is so confusing. But um, yeah, the way it's so confusing. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah,
2: I
1: um, I've been re-listening to neutral milk hotel aeroplane over the sea
2: yes mm.
1: how strange it is to be anything at all yeah those on every hipsters facebook
0: yeah yes. it, i mean it, legitimately though it is it is a great question guilty yeah <laughs> i mean like even like the rest of this episode like the, at least the the avatar side i do really like what this has to say about change because this is a huge episode for change everybody gets these moments like we're watching katara losing her sort of like her moniker as teacher um we're watching ang sort of gravitate towards Toph in a way that she doesn't really know how to reconcile like even at the beginning of the episode he says Mm -hmm. like i forget does he say sensei Sifu. sifu sifu And she's like, oh, well, how come you never called me that? He's like, oh, do you, do you want me to? And it's kind of just, like, brushed under the rug, but it's it's coming from that p- place of, like, everything is changing, and being able to adapt to that change is paramount. It's the biggest thing that uh. you can do in confronting things head-on as they come. Like, with with Aang literally confronting a boulder, I mean, that's the biggest lesson that Toph is trying to teach him. Like, you s- you have to stand your ground but also be in tune and flexible. Like that is it. Like take it as it comes, but like in this moment.
1: But you gotta face it.
0: You gotta face it. You cannot run from it. You have to face it.
2: And like, you can't, uh, Aang talks about like wanting to come at it from a different angle or do something right. Mm-hmm. Like um, be a little bit passive about it. And like, he's just so uncomfortable with like the idea of having to confront something head on. Right. And it's, it's mm-hmm. so interesting because both um, the, the parallels between Zuko and Aang where they both have to confront these truths that are like, so um, run so polar opposite of what, what and who they are but in order mm-hmm. to like be better and become better and uh, they have to like accept these things and they have to learn how to use these different like these different tools right like and for Aang like he's just so uncomfortable like uh hearing the truth to where the point to the point mm-hmm. to where like Katara like immediate is like hey so he this is how it's best to approach. And then if he's like <laughs> not into it, right? Which very waterbender, right? Um, but like uh and I love that Toph is just kind of like great, thanks, and then just like throws a boulder at him, right? Yeah. Like <laughs> yeah. that's not um he really does have to stand his ground and and take like you know, take things, like you said, like as they come and face them head mm. on and not, you know, even if you don't have like time to plan or anything and you have to be like, let yourself experience like things like, you know, anger even at certain mm. moments when it's appropriate, right? Um, and so that's something that Aang has just never been comfortable with. And like seeing him confront that on those, like on these like various levels is really interesting.
1: Mm-hmm. I forgot how much I liked this episode because like your girl Toph is just like in rare form. Like you can tell, like she's been thinking about this, like how to really show him these like very important fundamental principles of earth bending. And it's just like beautiful, hilarious to watch. Um, Like they do such a good job on this montage. Like just like I'm amazed at how much happens in this episode, um, and it's just beautiful. Like I love Toph like saying like there's no clever trick or like oh there's no like clever idea, no trickety trick that's gonna get you to move that rock. You just have to move that rock, mm-hmm. and it's yeah. something that like all of us have to find in ourselves. We all have to find that part of ourselves that's just like. Oh, whatever. This is what it is, and the thing is, it's either the rock or it's me, and I decide it's me.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep, and that's th- that is what you have control over. You have control yes. over yourself and how you react to something. And it, like again, what a good lesson for a kid show. Like <laughs> I, it's just it is so because because even then it's like when he finally comes to grips with that truth of like. She's she's trying to antagonize him to the point where he will stand yeah. up for himself. Like I took your inting thing to crack these nuts that I stole from your bag, and like mm. I'm not giving it back. You said I can have it. What do you mean? And then suddenly he's like, No, fuck that. <laughs> that that's mine. And you are being an asshole. And I'm standing up for myself. And fuck you. And she's like, Yes. Now break that boulder. He's like, I don't want to. Like, no. Do yes. it now. This feeling, feeling. you have. S- get in stance. Keep that feeling. Move the boulder. And he's like, Okay. And it's like. You got it <laughs> like that's you have yeah. to be you have yeah it's just and ultimately that came from just facing it like mm-hmm. in that moment being Ooh. in tune and then just doing it like also
1: setting a boundary
0: and setting a boundary yeah
1: yeah like uh, i love toss method here she was like what is the right nerve to step on like <laughs> what does he really care about She was like, and he doesn't care that I took his food. That's literally like your sustenance, but whatever." Uh, Okay, what about his little sticky thing? Yeah, Mm -hmm. Uh, and it's just it's it's perfection.
0: It's great. It's 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 re-solidifying, at least from for the story, how how needed each one of these characters Mm -hmm. is for each other, and like yes, and and I mean, look look at even um um. I
2: forgot his name. Sokka?
0: Sokka. Oh, my God. Wow. (laughs) Get me out of here. But, like, in this episode, too, it's, like, literally Sokka has to be by himself, and he has to learn how to be with himself. Yeah. Like, he is forced into a position where he cannot do anything or talk to anyone. Yeah. And he has no idea how to get out of it, so it's, like, the first time... And he seems to be somebody who, like, he needs validation. He needs the mm-hmm. the attention. He needs to, like, be sort of reared by a group. Mm-hmm. And this is the first time that, like, he's sitting with himself. And, I mean, you see him talking to this, like, cute little yeah. moose moose uh, bear. Yeah. Who's, like, super cute and adorable. And, like, you watch him having to, like, backstep everything he said. Like, the whole, oh, I was going to eat you because you're meat. And it's, like, the next time we see him, is like, you know what you're pretty cute so i don't know and then the next time we see him he's like i will swear off all me like you're watching yeah. him unravel in this way because he really doesn't know how to like be with himself and so yeah. he just has to talk and say things and i mean obviously it's tied to the idea that like he might die here yeah <laughs> but um like oh it, shit yeah shit i can't get out of this
2: yeah. part of me um, wonders if Toph made the whole and because, like, there's a moment where, like, you know, he goes down and he's like, ah, shit, I'm in a hole, right? And then he tries to move and get out and it, like, clamps around. He gets more stuck. Yeah, it's Because top also curious. knows exactly where he is when, like, everybody's looking for him, Ooh. right? And then, like, sh- the whole time that Aang was there, like, because uh, the saber to- the mama saber tooth moose comes, like, right away as soon as Aang is there, right? Tuff knew where they were and she was just kind of like watching him. She had to. She had to. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. Do
0: you think it was just to sequester him from the group so she can teach?
2: (laughs) i I think it was like like, this is her plan b you're in
1: the you're in the way
2: (laughs) i mean the episode starts with him just being like kind of a brat about like well i haven't Mm. slept right i can't sleep oh my god okay fine so she like gets him out of the way right and then that's her plan b if something you know if she can't get through to ang because she knows how hard this is for him she's going to like you know then here he's always good when somebody's in distress right and she had it yeah, under control so the whole time
0: smart i think I it's exactly never what it is of it like that
1: because I, you know me i like for things in the avatar world to make sense still and like and it kind of makes sense because i'm like wait how was he like reaching back and then somehow he gets stuck with like both of his <laughs> elbows like this and i'm like What could do that? And I'm just like, Toph could do that from a distance. (laughs) Mm
0: -hmm. No shit.
1: And she would know that he was fine the whole
0: time. Mm -hmm. I think that's exactly it. Because then, like, even it just makes a little bit of sense. It does make a little bit of sense. Because, like, literally, that hole does not look organic. Mm -mm. Also, how do you fully wedge in and then get clamped? yeah the ground doesn't do that unless you're falling into a hole you during fall an earthquake. into like, it
1: and, but then you're
0: yeah that's a really good yeah I mean fuck that's cool
2: I love that because you were uh Amber you're also saying that Toph has really thought about this and thought about how she's going to start teaching him and I think that that <laughs> shows that she knows him well, like she knows his personality well enough, right? Where she's like, okay, this is my plan B because well, I, you know, it might well, it's happen. It's also nice that
0: because her plan A is like, this is how I want to teach. Yeah. This is what I want to do. This is, I. this is what I'm going to do. This is my plan. But then to also know that like, what if my, what if my style doesn't resonate with him? What if he doesn't, he doesn't want to learn this way. We know. And I know if a loved one is in danger or if anybody's in danger, he'll do whatever he needs to do to help or save them. And maybe that'll click into his brain earthbending mode. And that switch is the first step.
2: And if it doesn't, then she is there and she has the whole thing under control.
0: Yeah. And nobody's yeah. really in danger.
2: Yeah. She
1: just plays
2: she's so cool. fucking cool. <laughs> like She's the coolest <laughs> person. <laughs> And like, I mean, we'll get into it in the next episode. But like, literally, like, I, I, I had a, a thought about it, like, because, hello, listeners, we watch two episodes at a time. Um, but, <laughs> um, so I had an idea. I was like, that's weird. There has to somebody had to have done like clamped him in, right? And then the next episode, we see Toph literally hold a castle like uh like the the whole library the whole knowledge castle on her own she like by herself is holding this up against the power of a spirit against the power of a god right so like and seeing when she lets go how quickly it falls just like and then puts her hand back like this girl like we already know that she can do fucking anything in the entire world right that has to deal with like rock bending metal whatever right but like
0: she's the, i mean this is she's the strongest earthbender she to have is. ever lived like we just know this yeah even at this settled, age it's,
1: yeah, yeah every, and yeah so maybe she was just like hinting at her awesome power <laughs> this whole time because Toph also knows that it doesn't pay to like go advertising Mm -hmm. everything you can do right (laughs) oh my gosh it makes too much sense (laughs) oh my gosh I also feel like given the next episode I feel like some of like the lessons meant for Aang also somehow like landed on Sokka because Sokka is about that business in the next episode and I just wonder if he had some time to like think while he's in his. I mean, he did have the
2: perfect
1: hole. Yeah,
2: I I think it's so <laughs> perfect uh, watching these two episodes back to back because Sokka ends the episode by saying, "You know, when I was in that hole, I realized what's really important and what's really." And he's cut off by Aang being like, "Katara, look what I can do!" Right, but like he, so he's trying to d- say like, "Hey, I had a revelation." I realized what's important. This is what I want to do. And before he can express that, like he's cut off. But in the next episode, he's like, he's very much like, I don't know. We'll, we'll, we'll talk about we'll I'm Sokka's saving all change, my thoughts. Yeah. Because- <laughs> well,
0: because it's, it's not even just the one time he gets cut off. Like, I mean, even when he's there and Aang finds him, he's like, oh my God, thank you so much. Like, I'm so happy to see you. He's like, I'm going to sit down mm-hmm. and think about me for a second. And he's like, do you want to get me out of the hole? Yeah, that is a good point. I should do this.
1: It was just very uncomfortable. Oh, I, I I can imagine.
0: It's it's so it's so goofy, and it's just it. it, He's just completely disregarded in this episode. So to then watch him come back in a way that's like perfect, 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 perfect. perfect. (laughs) In a way that he comes back in the next episode and is like yes. What about this and what about this and what about this? And they're like, whoa. It's cool.
2: Should we just get into oh the next God, episode? I'm um, yeah. Let's let's log the F off one of this out.
0: episode. <laughs> um This
1: episode was like a beautiful piece of art. It really? It's was. gonna come together well. I can feel it.
0: That's it for us today. Thank you all so much for joining us on another gorgeous little episode of the Momos and the Appas.
1: That music you're vibing with, that editing that makes it all awesome and smooth. It is by Eric Lafibri.
2: Our artwork is by David Tercero.
0: Do not forget to rate and review us wherever you get your podcasts because it really helps us in the long run.
1: Yes. And in the long run, Uncle Ira was a
2: war criminal. A war criminal. He was.
0: Despite it all, let's never forget this is true, he would say so himself no. for Rust us. Yep. <laughs> bye. Bye. Bye, bye,
2: bye, bye.
0: This podcast has been brought to you by the Nostalgia Network.
2: Visit the notstalgianetwork.com for more.
0: You enter the dungeon and see the evil wizard pointing his wand directly at you. He says,
1: show me a funny and delightful actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast, or I'll consume your souls.
0: What do you do?
2: I take out my phone and find Quest Friends Forever on Spotify.
0: I show him how to find Quest Friends Forever on Apple Podcasts. I share the Quest Friends Forever Instagram and YouTube pages with him. And you all get critical hits. Yay! Yay! quest friends forever is an actual play podcast starring four friends with varying levels of dungeons and dragons experience join us for new episodes every other wednesday as we embark on fantasy adventures play fast and loose with the rules and laugh at each other's shenanigans no prior DD knowledge is required to listen so everyone can feel free to join the fun quest friends four that's the number four like how there's four of us ever find us on apple spotify or wherever you get your podcasts that's quest friends
1: forever